Welcome to the Bible Q&A Podcast, the show that answers your questions about the Bible, Christian theology, and church history. This podcast is brought to you by Risen Ministries and Creation Today. Now here are your hosts, Tim Chafee and Eric Hovind. Hey, an additional live welcome from myself, Eric Hovind. And I'm Tim Chafee. Today we're putting Tim Chafee on the hot seat. You've been sending in questions to uh, the Bible Q&A podcast, and I'm going to be asking several of them to Tim in this episode. Here's the catch. He hasn't seen any of them, therefore he hasn't had time to prep for any of them, so he's probably going to have a lot of wrong answers, and I'm going to have to correct him, but it's something I'm very willing to do. Right, Tim? <laughs> That's right. You're very used to that, I think, right? <laughs> sometimes it's the other way around, but sometimes I do have to correct you. That's right. Only on, least, only on who has least... the prettier wife, I have to continually correct you. Ugh. That I have the prettier one. Ah, it's me. Let's not get well, into that I, argument in front of the yeah. uh, the whole nation as they listen to this now. Well, we can. I think we can both honestly say that we both married way up. We did. So. Well, you're six foot eleven and a half. You, <laughs> no. How does a guy that's six foot eleven and a half that married a five foot you know three girl? Let's not get into that. All right. Hey, yeah. before we get started, by the way, wanted to let you know that at the end of this show, we do have an important announcement to make. But you got to listen to the show. Don't you dare fast forward. Hey, Tim, you ready for the hot seat? Uh, almost. How many before years? We do that, how many years have you been? Oh, you got some. Well, okay, yeah. Go we, ahead. What do you got? Yeah, I've got I've got a hot seat question for you. Oh, so no, you, right here at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know this was coming, but this is actually um, this stems from a text that you sent me a few weeks ago, um, and I you said it was autocorrect. I'm not sure if it really was, but it said, "Hey, babe," and hang on. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, you you call me babe in a text. I don't know if you were trying to send that one to your wife, but um, no, I think it was, you claimed it was autocorrect. So my question for you is what's the, mo- besides that one, what's the most embarrassing thing that autocorrect has done for, oh, to you Tim. or that, or the other way around that um, you know, somebody if sent I, something to you? If I say this in this podcast, the most embarrassing one that I actually, because I use speech to text. Oh, okay. and well, I, you can, you and, can, you and can I do hit, something that's a little less than that one if you want. Well, and I hit send, and it's like, oh my goodness. I actually, I didn't know what I sent, so I got the response. And I, I'm worried, I, I'm worried, and nobody would, okay, here's the deal. So uh, our graphic designer is a lady that works up in uh, New Jersey, um, or New Hampshire, excuse me, in case she's listening. New Hampshire, and I got she, it. And I know she's, where you very, live. she's very talented. Oh, incredible graphic designer. And I'm, I have no idea what it was, but this is the most embarrassing one. I, I was saying something and somehow the word, the slang word for a female breast was oh. inserted into, <laughs> are you going to say cut right now and don't share this story? No, that's that, funny. That's what was inserted into my text. And so she's like, what? And I look at it and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I say, I speech, because I use speech to text all the time. I went, oops, I'm so sorry. And I sent that and that auto-corrected to something bad. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't win here. This is, uh, thankfully, uh, she decided to continue working with the ministry despite uh, the the terrible person that I am because I didn't check to see what I was actually sending to her. So uh, that's funny. Yeah, I've had a couple, I, I can't remember sending in a, one that is quite that bad. I had somebody... Um, at the the ministry that I work for full time, they they sent me something one time that um, 
was meant to say shirts, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't have every letter in that. Oh boy. Um, I won't mention any names. And then um, the other one, I think my funniest one that I got was from a, a friend who's also a pastor. And um, he was, he had just published his first book and he was trying to send a message to, he took a picture of himself pulling it out of the mailbox, you know, like the first time he ever got his, his hands on his own book. And so he was really excited and he was trying to send it to the publisher who also share, he shares my first name and he sent it to me and he said, do you ever get tired of making people's dreams come true? <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote back You're and I said, there. no, I said, no, I don't, but I don't think that was meant for me. <laughs> oh man. So I, I do text a lot of different people and I've got, my phone is dinging all day long and we need to get to these questions, but I, I, I have sent messages to people that were supposed to go to my wife. And uh, that is embarrassing. It's like, oh, hey, that wasn't meant for you. Sorry. Uh, no pick. Don't think weird stuff. Okay. Don't think weird stuff. All you perverts out there. It was just <laughs> so stuff that was meant that, for my wife. Is that courageous? That one movie. Where yeah. The guy where the guy says, "I love you" to his boss. Oh, a couple yeah, that's times. right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> He's like, I don't get this. Uh, weird guy. Right. Hey, All right. Tim, well, how, how that many years? the mood a little bit for me as we get ready to jump into the good questions the hot here. seat. Yeah, yep. the hot seat. How many? I'm holding up my Bible right here. I love Ray Comfort's Evidence Bible. How many years have you been studying the Bible? Um, let's see. As far as really diving in and, and getting into it yeah. in a lot of detail, um, I would say since about 90, 1998, um, 97. So about 20 years, a little over wow. 20 years. Um, you know, I went to Bible college before that for two and a half years. So I did some study there, but my mind wasn't really, you know, completely on yeah. my studies there. I was focused on basketball and other things. Um, but um, yeah, really in about 98 is when I uh, devote, no, it would be about 97 um, that I really, de yeah, 97 when I really devoted myself to studying. So just over 20 years. So let me ask you this then, and this kind of has to do with the very first question. So let me preface it with this. What would you say to somebody out there who has been a Christian for over 20 years and they're enjoying the podcast. We get them writing in already uh, saying, hey, thank you. This is very helpful. Really enjoy uh, hearing uh, from you guys. I think they mean you, Tim. I, I'm willing to admit that. And they're, Well, if it's your mom, you said there's only like, no, My mom does like hearing mom, me. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say to somebody that, look, they've got a full-time job. They've got family. They've got a lot going on in life. What would you say to them about how much time to spend devoting to really studying the Word of God when life is so busy? It's tough, and what I would say is that you really do need to make an effort to um, to, to focus on uh, finding some time during the day, whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes, to, um, to devote yourself to reading and to prayer, and that may not seem like a lot to people. You know, when I first started diving in, um, I, I made a commitment that I'm going to read through the Bible an entire year, and that means I'm going to get up 20 minutes earlier or 30 minutes earlier, whatever it would be, every day than what I normally would. And the first 30 minutes of each day, I'm going to spend time in prayer and I'm going to spend time in reading. And it wasn't going to be one of those times where, you know, by the time you get to the end of Genesis or into halfway through Exodus, you're like, oh, I'm done this year. No, <laughs> yeah. I was going to do it no matter what. And I did. And I found that that through that commitment, and, and it wasn't just that, that reading, that daily reading, it was also meditating on the word throughout the day and, and reading a lot of other things as well, and really diving into my studies, um, you know, I found that I was, I was just blessed tremendously through that, and found that I I learned so much 
um, so much more during that time than I ever did, even in, in my first two years of Bible college before I left for about five years and then returned to finish up after that. Um, so even if it's, you know, no matter how busy you are, and I know life can get that way, I would, if you can find 10 minutes um, in the morning before the kids get up or after you tuck them in at night and you can uh, just just read a chapter, um, spend a little bit of time in prayer, ask God to 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 guide you as you read um, and to teach you uh, through it. And then as it's not just a matter of reading it and then checking it off the list. It's also thinking about that passage throughout the day or throughout the following day. It's uh, meditating on it. And uh, you know what? God has called people to do different things. He, he hasn't called every single one of us to be teachers of the word. He hasn't called everyone to be a pastor. He hasn't, um, you know, so there's different gifts and different roles, but um, he does expect us to, to know his word. And the best way to do it is to, to get into it. And we, and we really are blessed today to have it in any kind of form you need. It is available. Uh, well, and the other thing, I guess, for I guess we could say this: there's so many audio versions too. Yeah. Uh, so if, if somebody who, let's say, the the soccer mom who has to drive everywhere, well, you can throw it in and listen to it. You know, you can you can download it on your phone as you know as on a podcast. I'm sure there, there's daily Bible readings that there's podcasts of that. You can find that, and uh, somebody will read it to you. So it might even just be three or four minutes of drive time, and and there you have God's word being uh, read to you. So that. That's another option. That's what I love doing. Matter of fact, we made available years ago the Bible on double speed just because I went, look, single speed isn't fast enough. So we actually made it, we have the Bible on single speed, one and a half speed and double speed. I'm like, when you listen to it fast, you really can get it. If you just listen for a few minutes, your brain catches up to what's being read. And I found I can go through entire books of the Bible to get the full big picture. And I know that's does different it, than a specific Does it sound Bible like study. Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, we act, well, no, we actually, obviously, with computer technology today, you can speed it up without uh, raising the pitch up nice and high. Okay. But well, originally, good. the original way I listened to it, it did speed it up, and it it was uh, it was very chipmunky, no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be fun for the kids if they like that show. <laughs> hey, this does get into our first question, though. The uh, K. Oh, I thought that was the first one. <laughs> well, no, that well, I guess that was mine. Uh, so okay. I just wanted to know. Uh, K.W. writes in, all we have is your initials, K.W., so we're going to make up whatever name we want. You think of that, okay, Tim? K.W. Uh, writes yeah, in. Yeah, depends on if it's a good question or not. All right, is it sinful to enjoy secular entertainment like movies, music, TV, basketball? And how do you know where to draw the line? I mean, when it comes to sports and things like that, yeah, is it okay to enjoy that? Where do we draw the line from... Um, in, in, in how much we enjoy that. I mean, what you're, uh, and I, I, tell me what you think about that. Depending on how you answer this question is going to depend on what I say next. Yeah, I, I think in this case, you want to look at it as things, that, things like that are okay in moderation. And it depends on what it is that you're filling your mind with. Um, you know, is it, is it okay for somebody to be, to um, veg out for a little while? You know, so there's times where we do get really busy and our minds do get really tired and uh, there's times where I type all day at work and then I come home and I want to work on a book project or something and I sit down and maybe about 10 minutes into it, I'm, my mind is just fried and I can't, I can't focus on that anymore. Other days I can keep doing it, but, um, and there's times that just where it is, you know, physically, you just need to turn that part off a little bit and, and sit back. Um, so is it okay to enjoy some recreation or to, 
um, take part in some of those things or to watch some of those things. And I would say, yeah, uh, it, it is depending on, on, on what that material is and what are you filling your mind with. Um, you know, too much of, of just about anything can be really bad for you. Um, you know, if, if you're somebody who likes watching sports like I do, um, there, there are people who are addicted to it and they spend every night in front of the TV just watching sports when they could be studying. They could be, um, you know, if, if they're a believer, maybe they should already be um, trained well enough. Or maybe they should have studied enough to where they should be teaching others. And instead, they're just spending their whole life you know, watching sports. That, that's, that's too much. Uh, same thing with, with some of the movies. And of course, this you really run into some of the issues related to content. Um, obviously, you don't want to be watching things that are... Um, that would be offensive, that would be, um, that aren't going to help you in your walk at all, uh, things that would be a hindrance. So, you know, you've, you've got to watch out for, for different things like the, the language and uh, perhaps the violence and, and the, obviously, the uh, sensuality, those kind of things, the adult content. Um, so in some, in, in some areas, obviously, it comes down to matters of personal conviction. And then there's other things where, obviously, there's certain things that the Bible just spells right out that are wrong, and we shouldn't be partaking in those things. That's it? That's all you got? Well, how much longer do you want me to go? <laughs> no, I'm just you kidding. Said we got a bunch of questions for us. No, if, if, that's, if that's the case, I know uh, we can't, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, we can't see each other. Tim and I can only, are only talking on the phone here. But, Tim, uh, because of your answer, I will go ahead and hold up my Alabama sweatshirt here and feel like I can wear it. Uh, with no condemnation, at least from you. I appreciate that. No, roll, um, roll I hope roll. that I'm hopeful that Clemson will be able to get to the finals and beat them this year, but it's, it's not a big deal. Um, right, yeah. But I'm wearing, you can't see this either, I'm wearing my Green Bay Packers polo, ah, even though they were just eliminated from playoff contention, uh, and they've been a bit of a disappointment this year. I still love the team, and I'll, I'll support them. Um, at least I'll, I'll be their fan, and I'm, I'm not like those Minnesota fans that will... Turn on They'll your give team. up on their team. Yeah, I had to take a <laughs> shot at them. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I was speaking. Oh, the a Green Bay guy and, would do that. That's fine. Yeah, well, after I gave a talk the other day, and afterwards, this guy came up to me, and he was wearing a White Sox hat and a White Sox jacket, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be a Bears fan too." And, um, and of course he was. And I was like, "I don't know if I can shake your hand." But no. I, anyways, <laughs> I have respect for Bears fans. They are loyal to their team, whether they're good or bad. So, and they're. The jabs that they take at, at me and other Packers fans are usually more good-natured. Um, so that, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So it really does come down to, though, uh, to summarize, is moderation. Is this something that is consuming your life? Do you know more about your sports team than you do about, like what we were just talking about in the Bible? What are you more interested in? Are you, are you When you go and have conversations, are, are the sports conversations or the, the things like that, are those to introduce uh, to, to actually develop the relationship, to be able to talk about Christ? I mean, what is it really coming down to and what's most important? Right. I mean, think about some of the analogies Paul gave in the New Testament. He used sporting sports analogies. Sports analogies, yes. Uh, boxing and running, he used those kind of analogies um, because he was familiar with them and other people in, a, in the culture were familiar with them. Uh, so we should be wise as to what the things our culture, you know, what our culture is taking part in. Um, that doesn't mean we have to engage in all of those things. Ob you know, obviously there are some things that are wrong. Pornography would be wrong, not just because you're filling your mind with it, but it's also supporting an industry that is, um, you know, just uh, horrible for yeah. 
uh, what it does to the people who are involved in it. And by the way, I did a series with, uh, it's now been seen by over 500,000 men. I was involved in the series called Conquer. And let me just tell you, if you are a guy out there who has ever struggled with uh, pornography, uh, as I did for years, man, this series takes you through and shows you what your mind is really doing, how it's more, it's, it's, it's just like a drug and how damaging it is. And um, I wasn't meaning to put a plug in there, but I'm just, it's not a plug for a product. It's a, it's a, hey, no, that's get fine. this I think help, that's a good idea. get it, this it, help, it, get this help. I'm telling you, you really right. can conquer. You really can. With the, with the help of the Holy Spirit, obviously. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, question number two, Tim, comes from Melinda. She says, hey, why do some Christians say that they covet prayers when the Ten Commandments tell us not to covet? Yeah, that one, um, the, depending on which version of the Ten Commandments you use, <laughs> yeah. I say it that way. Um, so what most evangelical, what Protestants generally recognize um, other than Lutherans, I believe, would be that the 10th the commandment is thou shalt not covet your neighbor's uh, wife or his, his house, his donkey, his belongings. That, and we put that into one commandment, the Roman Catholic, and I think the Lutherans do this as well. Um, they, um, the second commandment that we recognize as far as the graven images, they, that's part of their first one. And then they split the last one into two. Uh, so one, number nine would be not to covet your neighbor's wife, and the last one would be not to covet your neighbor's belongings. But um, those, that has to do with not um, desiring or longing for things that do not belong to you and should not belong to you, that would be wrong for you to have or to take part in. But um, it, now that word, the word covet is used in the King James and, and some other translations. But in uh, 1 Corinthians, um, I believe it's in chapter 14, um, possibly in 12, but I'm pretty sure it's in chapter 14, Paul says to covet earnestly the greater gifts. Um, so he tells us to covet certain things, and those are the things that are going to edify the body of Christ, to, to build up the church. Uh, so we should desire certain things. We should covet certain things, those, those that will be beneficial to um, really to the, the gospel message and the edification of believers. Uh, so it's okay to desire certain things, to, to covet certain things, and to covet somebody's prayers. Uh, obviously, it's um, great when you have people praying for you. Um, and I, as a leukemia survivor, I can tell you I owe a lot of people a lot of prayers. And I think this side of heaven, I, I don't think I'll ever um, be able to repay all of that. Not that there's a ledger that I have to or anything, but uh, I had, people were very kind and generous to do that for me when I was really in my greatest time of need. Mm. You know, it's interesting. I often wonder what would, what would society look like? If we really did obey the commandments, what would it look like if we didn't covet? What would it look like? I mean, with a with a uh, a lustful or I want what you want. I wonder, I wonder if we would have the cities that look like they look like today if we if we really well, followed that. If people followed the command, you're talking about everybody. Well, there wouldn't be any more murder, stealing, or adultery. Right. <laughs> so wow, that, that would be a lot better of a world. <laughs> yes, man. Well, great question, Melinda. Thanks for writing that in, and Tim, yeah. thanks for answering that. Uh, question number three, Tim. Uh, this is anonymous. Uh, we don't know who sent this in, so thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous. I often hear pastors and other Christians say that an idol is anything that takes priority in our lives. They say that it can be jobs, children, sports, and so on. Is this an accurate definition? Because it seems like in Scripture, Idols were actually graven images that were intentionally worshipped as deities. 
Yeah, I think that's a really a great question. Um, and it is very common for, for pastors, for Christians today to say, yeah, anything that comes between you and the Lord is an idol. And, and in a sense, I mean, there is some degree of truth in how they're using that. That isn't the way the Bible defines it. Um, you know, the, that would be, obviously, you shouldn't have um, things that are hindering your relationship with the Lord. And you should remove those stumbling blocks, those those hindrances, I think is a better way to phrase that. If you look at, um, you know, in Hebrews chapter 12, setting aside anything that uh, besets us, anything that is a hindrance to us. But idolatry, especially in the Old Testament, um, it, it was something where it was a graven image and it was something that people would bow down to or would they would worship it, whether it was made of wood or metal. And it, but it also, um, it wasn't just the wooden object. It wasn't just the metal object. It was the, the false god behind that. Uh, and Paul talks about in First Corinthians about uh, behind the the idols are, are demons. And so the people who are worshiping those idols are worshiping demons. And that's why there was such a problem. So to to for me, um, when I, I used to say you know for five to six years of my life basketball was an idol. Well, it, it wasn't really in the sense that the way the Bible uses the word. It was something that was a hindrance because I focused on it so much and uh, more than I focused on my relationship with the Lord. Um, but so, but idol is not the, the best term for that. It is the way we tend to use it in the church today. So it, 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 I guess we are communicating or at least we're getting the point across when we say it that way, but it's not really the way the Bible defines it. Um, I don't think when I was focused on basketball that I was worshiping a, a, a demon in the basketball, you know, a, f- yeah. a false God behind <laughs> the basketball. It Every time like, you bent over to pick up the ball, it wasn't uh, worship <laughs> wasn't for bowing you. Down to, yes, right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So there is a, a distinction to be made and that's a really important topic, one that doesn't uh, get a lot of attention today. Uh, so I think that's a great question and um, there's a lot more detail that could go into it than what I just gave. But yeah, if you, if you study what idolatry is, uh, in the Old Testament, you'll see that the Jews didn't really have a problem with idolatry after they returned from Babylon. But do you think mm. Jews, um, some of the Jews, had things that were hindering their relationship with the Lord? I'm sure you know, they did. That they would put, be, yeah, between them and the Lord. Of course, there were. Just like today, um, yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't idolatry in that sense. Uh, idolatry was worshiping the false gods, worshiping these other entities um, that the. The Bible refers to them as as gods at time, like in uh, Exodus thirty or um, Deuteronomy thirty two seventeen refers to them as gods, as Elohim, um, and uh, many you shall have no other gods before me. The same word, uh, because there were other entities that were being worshipped, and uh, the one true, uh, the all powerful Creator God is the one who should be worshipped. Great answer. Question number Thank four. You. Are you ready? I hope so. How do you feel like you're doing on these, by the way, with no prep? You, you good so far? It sounds to me like you prepped all these personally. Or you just got, it looks like you looked at the notes ahead of time instead of not I looking. did not look at the notes. You really did. Um, no, the only thing um, that I, I saw that we had emails come in um, about a week or two ago, and I saw that there was one in the subject line that said the word complementarianism. Ah. Um, and that's all I saw. I thought, I'm not going to look at the emails. Uh, so I'm expecting if, if you got that one that I, I did. Be I, on that. I put it way at the bottom. Like it's one of those that if we get to it or not, I uh, will see. Okay. 
Yeah, so that's the only one that there was any sort of heads up on in that sense. All right, all right. Here we go. Question number four. In Mark 10, verse 18, Jesus said, no one is good except God. But in Matthew 5, 45, he said that the Father causes the Son to rise on the evil and the good. And in Matthew 12, 35, he said a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So can people be good? Well, I think Jesus just said they were, didn't he? Yeah, but if no one and, is good except God, according to Mark 10, 18, yep. then how can and he also describe people as good? Let me, let me pull up another verse as well, and then I'll, I'll come back to that. In Romans 5, 8, it's a verse that we typically memorize, right? Um, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, the Christians, we, we love that verse because it shows that, that while we were still ungodly, that that God loved us and he sent his son and he died for us. But you know what it says right before that? The two verses before that, for when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Yeah, so Paul just said that there were good men, that uh, you know somebody might be willing to die for a good man. Well, if there are no good men, why does he use that? Why does Jesus use good men um, and talk about them? So, I think what we have to understand is that the the we take the language in its plain sense. And in those contexts, they're not saying these people are perfect, that they are flawless. They're saying they are not the worst horrible people around. They're somebody who they do good things. They they uh, love their neighbor. They, they uh, are responsible and they're respectful. Uh, they are what we would consider to be good people. So in that sense, yes, there are plenty of good people. But if you mean good in terms of perfect and without sin, without flaw, no, nobody is except for God. Uh, and Jesus is God. So um, so I think what, we're, what we have to look at is in the context and how the word is being used that um, you and I both know you can, <laughs> you can use that, it, the, even in English, the word good can mean different things. Right. And, and it's interesting because the whole point of where that verse is in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, that's the, the parable of Jesus and the rich young ruler, not the parable, the story of Jesus and the rich young, young ruler. And in that story, the whole reason he's saying, why do you call me good is because he is God. I mean, he's, he's I mean, right. to me, that's part of it right there. Why do you call me good? No one is good, but one, and that is God. And he's basically saying, are you saying, you know, I mean, this is it. I, I am God. Another way of saying that. And then he goes through the commandments. So Yeah, I think that's what he's doing too. I think that he, um, I, I think Jesus is explaining in a, um, I don't want to say a coded way or anything, but it, in a... Um, yeah, kind of like, do, do, you, do you really get A little this? bit indirectly that yeah, I am God. That's, that's yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yep. Giving that to him. All right, good stuff. Uh, so yeah, and now I know there's going to be some people who are going to look at that and say, "No, there's no one good but God, and there's none who are good." You know, they're going to look at Romans three eleven and everything. But again, look at the context of what those passages are saying, because Paul, the same author, two chapters later, talks about a good man. So you can't just uh, here's what some people do: they'll look at one verse and they'll quote that one, and they'll like ignore like the other ones can't mean any. It can't mean anything mm. similar. It can't. And I'm just going to focus on this one. And some people will look at the other one and focus. Look, there's good people all over the place without looking at the other ones that talk about how we're all sinful. And we, we have to have a, uh, if, if I can say a balanced theology, that's, that's not a compromised theology, that's not what I'm saying, but taking scripture as a whole and looking at 
uh, everything it says about a given subject rather than just grabbing one verse and building everything off of that. Well, great answer. I love the fact that you're uh, distinguishing and really getting into the whole thing that we talk about all the time. Context, context, context. What is it really saying there? And that really is a big deal as we, as we interpret Scripture. So some great points. Hey, this next question uh, is from Corey. Corey, I don't know where you're from, but you sound like you're down here with me from the South. His question, are you ready, Tim? Have y'all, I mean, literally Y apostrophe A-L-L, have y'all. Have y'all reckoned? He said, have y'all heard, have y'all heard Christians, not Mormons, Christians, preach that when God made man in his image, he gave him dominion over the universe. This is in relation to Psalm 8 verse 5 being interpreted a little lower than God. So actually gave us dominion over the universe. Therefore, SpaceX is doing a great job taking us to Mars where we can have dominion over the universe. Psalm 8, 5. I'm going to turn there, but I'm going to turn the question over to you, Tim. All right. Um, well, first of all, I think that is a um, not the accurate translation of Psalm 8, 5. The New American Standard does put it that way. You, uh, you have made him a little lower than God. The word there is Elohim. Um, in many other translations, it's, you have made him a little lower than the angels. That's what I have and, in mind. I'm looking at it yep. right now. You've made him um, a little and, lower than the angels. And both are, are fine to translate the word Elohim. You can also translate the word Elohim as, uh, like I mentioned earlier, demons uh, is Deuteronomy 32, 17. Um, there are, uh, there's other ways that it's used as well. The, the spirit of Samuel, if it, that's indeed what it was in 1 Samuel 28, is called an Elohim. Um, but in this case... As Christians, we know how that should be translated because in Hebrews, it quotes Psalm 8.5 and it says, you've made him a little lower than the angelos, the angels. So the author of Hebrews is telling us that this should be angels and that's how we should understand it. So I, I don't know that that has much bearing on my answer other than just to clarify that point. Um, and no, I didn't get that question ahead of time. I, <laughs> I've, I've done some research on this particular topic before. In fact, you can uh, find on my blog uh, if you go to uh, midwestapologetics.org. That's, that's my old website, but that's the one that's still functioning, uh, slash blog. Uh, type in uh, Elohim in the little search box, and you'll see, or even type in um, Samuel in the search box. That'll probably come up quicker, and you'll see a two-part series on that one issue. Um, but as far as when he made Adam and Eve in his image, did he uh, give uh, Adam what was it, the authority or uh, dominion over, over the, the rest whole of the universe? universe? Yes. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any, he does say over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. Um, and then every the, living creature the, upon the face of the earth. You're right, everything on the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, so it's not specifically spelled out one way or the other. I don't think that NASA you know, when they went to the moon, were violating the Dominion mandate. <laughs> that's a um, good point. And yes, I think we went to the moon. I was, okay. That's what's going to be my next question, Tim. Did we really <laughs> take, go to take the moon? That Steph Curry. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, he, he said he was joking, but I don't know if this is really funny. For the listeners that don't know, Steph Curry is one of the, uh, probably the greatest shooter that's ever played in the NBA. And uh, just, he's an outstanding player, but he was in, in a radio show the other uh, week ago or so, and he brought up that topic and said he didn't really think we did the moon landing, that it was faked. And he later came out and said he was joking. NASA invited him to show up in Houston. They'll give him a tour, <laughs> show, him, show him the different moon rocks and everything. But the, the next game he was on the road 
And whenever he was shooting free throws or people on his team were shooting free throws, the guys in the stands behind him were holding up pictures of astronauts. Oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> great. great. Yeah, great job of trolling him. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, so I don't think that we can state definitively that um, in, from that, in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we were given dominion over the entire universe. But it also, I, I don't think that we're given an, a, a restriction there either that, nope, you're not allowed to go out into space and you're not allowed to, um, you know, go to different planets or to the moon. Uh, I think that we do have the uh, ability to do that if it's something that we're going to uh, research and um, study and, tr and try to figure out ways to improve uh, life on this planet. I think, I think that that's fine. Uh, but there is a restriction, again, in Deuteronomy. This one's in chapter, I think it's 12, verses 9 through 12, not to, um, that people are not permitted to try to contact the dead, mm, uh, yes. to break into the spiritual realm. We don't have dominion over that, and we should not be uh, involved in that in any way. That That's clearly forbidden in Scripture, um, in Deuteronomy, which is part of the law, but any, any sort of attempt at communication with... Um, demonic spirits or the dead is forbidden. And the reality is that did happen. That's recorded in the, in the, in the Bible. And yeah. what do you think? Can that still happen? Oh, I think it does happen. I, I, I know, I know in our Western well. mindset, we're going to think, oh, that's crazy. But think of how many times Jesus cast out demons in the New Testament. Yeah. It's not as if demons suddenly said, well, I guess I'm not going to possess people anymore. Right. Um, we just, in our Western culture, um, maybe they don't need to do it as much because we're so distracted by everything else and, and we are so, um, I don't want to say anti-supernatural. The supernatural is so foreign to us at times, even as Christians. I was just talking about this the other day to some, with somebody that, um, you know, we're in the church, we're so skeptical of anything that sounds supernatural. Supernatural, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we can read about it in the Bible. We, and we say, yeah, we believe Jesus rose from the dead. We believe these miracles happened that he did. But anytime somebody claims a miracle today or anytime there's, um, something that seems like on par with what we see in scripture, like, oh no, that didn't really. Happen. That guy's a, a, he's like one of those guys on TV, like Benny Hinn. It, it, it's all fake, and it's like, well, yeah, the ones on TV, the Benny Hinn that I think that generally is fake, but it doesn't mean that God can't heal somebody today. That God can't do miraculous things. Um, Eric, you've probably met people who claim to have been the recipient of a miracle. I ha I've met people. Absolutely. Who, yeah. And I've got, I have my own, if people uh, wanted to hear about my own little bit of testimony in my book called God and Cancer, I share a, a passage or a story where I think there was something clearly that was supernatural going on. Not that I was miraculously healed, but just that there were people who knew things that they should not have known uh, mm -hmm. from from a human perspective. There was really no way for them to know. And um, yet they, they did. So, yeah, they can read about that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, while we're on the idea of demons and supernatural and all this, here's a question that came in again, anonymous. Uh, is Lucifer another name for Satan? Um, <laughs> in, in our Western world, in English, yes, we use the word Lucifer to refer to Satan. Um, and that is taken from Isaiah 14, uh, where it's this prophecy or this really a taunt against the king of Babylon. And during this taunt against the king of Babylon, there's uh, one section in there, it starts in around verse 11, where uh, it says something about um, how you are fallen. Uh, o Lucifer, you're talking, you hang on, fallen. you're talking Ezekiel 28, right? Not no, 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 this is Isaiah 14. 
Oh, Isaiah 14. Oh, you're not yeah. talking about Ezekiel 28? No. Nope. Okay. No, Ezekiel 28 talks about the anointed cherub who covers. Um, yes. Th there's similar passages. This is the one in Isaiah 14 where it talks about uh, in the King James. And I, the New King James, I think, does it as well. They, they translate the word as um, as uh, Lucifer, like light bringer. That actually comes from the Latin, um, the, the Vulgate translation. Uh, the Hebrew is something like Halal Ben Shakar. And it, it has to do with like son of the morning. So yes. It's How like art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? That was the five I wills. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not the the word in Hebrew is not Lucifer. The the that word actually comes from a I think a not a very good translation in the Vulgate of that word. And so it, it's not um it, it's not that Lucifer was his unfallen you know his original name before he fell and then suddenly he became satan or the devil after he fell that's kind of how we use it in english but the bible doesn't do that huh. but the other thing is in isaiah 14 it i'm going to say this and a lot of people might be shocked um the vast majority of scholars don't believe it's talking about satan at all they right here in free. isaiah 14 i yeah. i will ascend into heaven i will exalt mm -hmm. my throne above the stars of god right they not talking about satan possibly no it seems to be referring to a lesser uh canaanite deity Huh. Uh, and the reason the reason they talk about that is uh, the passage there. Um, I don't have it open, but um, the part where he says, "I will um, sit on the mount of the congregation of the north." Yep. Do you see that? I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I would be like the most high. Okay, the word north there, and that seems really weird in English, right? The mount of the congregation right. and the furthest. The word north in the Hebrew is Zaphon. It's the name of the mountain at the northern end, uh, you know, just beyond the northern tip of Israel. It's the place where the Canaanites thought that their gods dwelt. Kind of like uh -huh. the Greeks thought their gods dwelt on Olympus. The Canaanites thought that their gods dwelt on, on Mount Siphon. And there's a reference to that in the Psalms as well. Um, I don't remember which one. It, it's, I'm going to I'm gonna say 68, but I don't know if that's the exact one. So somewhere in there, there's a reference to Mount Siphon. But this was a, a mountain that the Canaanites thought their gods dwelt on. So it seems to be, Isaiah seems to be playing off some of the Canaanite beliefs there, not not using and not teaching those beliefs, but but um, you know people in that time would have been familiar with this, and he's referring to a lesser Canaanitic deity, not to the um, primary enemy of God, Satan. So that's um, that passage pr uh, probably is not about Satan. I think the one in Ezekiel twenty-eight, which is similar, this is against the Prince of Tyre. There's a, right. a taunt against him. Um, that one, I think you can make a better case for it being about Satan because it talks about how you were in Eden, the Garden of God. You were the yes. anointed cherub who covers. And, and that one, I've seen people try to get around that, and I, I don't find their arguments convincing. I think that the, yes, it's still talking about the Prince of Tyre, just like Isaiah was talking about the King of Babylon, but he was comparing them to the spiritual entity um, behind that. And in this case, in Ezekiel, I think you can make a pretty strong case that this is about the devil. Now, the Old Testament never identifies the serpent in the garden, never says that that's Satan, never says um, who that is. It just calls him the serpent. But the New Testament does make that connection for us. Uh, Revelation 12 and Revelation 20 both make that connection very clear. And uh, Paul does as well. I think it's in 2 Corinthians uh, 11, where he, within the same context, he talks about how the serpent beguiled Eve. Yes. And then he talks a little bit later, he talks about how Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Um, and so it seems like he's putting those two together, but John definitely does in Revelation. So uh, that's a long-winded answer to 
Um, the Bible doesn't call him, does not call, does not necessarily call Satan Lucifer. Okay? That's interesting. Um, that is but definitely... it is something that in English, when you say Lucifer, we know, okay, people are talking about the devil. Um, yeah. And it's probably just because we've mis, uh, misinterpreted a certain passage. Um, but can you give him that name if you if you want to? And that's common speak. That's how we understand things. Yeah, that's okay. Very good. Well, I got one more question, and man, I could keep going on these because just learning more about the Bible, things like that, something I grew up with just assuming I had all the answers on, and then it's like, oh, I, I didn't realize I, Well, that. I did too on that one. I mean, it, it, believe me, it was a shock on that last one when I was doing research on my, my thesis, and I thought, oh, well, Isaiah 14 is a good proof for this. And I looked, I was looking at all these academic commentaries, and I was like, wait a second, how come nobody's saying what I thought this meant? And and I I learned as I as I did research, it wasn't just one scholar, it wasn't just two, it was just about every single academic commentary that they they would say, No, this is referring to this lesser Canaanite deity. Wow. Well it's uh man, it just shows you what can be uncovered when you really get in and study the word of God. I just I really love that. Really love that. Well, Tim, uh this is uh that was the last question I have uh, officially right now, but uh Man, thank you. Great job on spur of the moment, hot seat, answering those questions. I love it. Oh, thanks. I work really hard at trying to bluff my way through those. No, <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> yeah. <laughs> uh, the beauty is you can look all that up, and that's what we encourage you to do is be a Berean. Go and study this out for yourself. Some of you are like, that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm listening to this right now. Well, thank and the you. Other, the, and yeah, the other beauty is that this isn't live, so we can go back and edit the parts I don't like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. I take that out. Take that out. Oh, but if they man. if they hear it, then it's something that I then no, we're not editing what I said. But hey. Um. <laughs> hey, Tim, we did say we had an appointment, an important announcement at the end. Are you going to make that? Yeah. All right. Well, um, this is a this is the end of season one of the Bible Q&A podcast. We, Eric and I had committed ourselves to doing one uh, season of this and we made it through the end of the year calendar year 2018. Uh, we, we've had a lot of fun doing the show so far. We really thank everybody who's been listening and those who've sent in questions, those who have uh, given us good ratings on um, like iTunes. I, I went on there about a week ago and I saw there were some really positive reviews. Uh, so we thank you for that. Um, but we also have some uh, sad news as part of the announcement. Um, due to uh, various uh, circumstances and prior obligations, season two is um, not going to be happening in, at, in the foreseeable future. Um, so we were hoping to be able to jump right back into it, but the, you know, there were just so many different things that are, um, that aren't going to, we're not going to be able to do that at this time. So uh, I think Eric and I are both um, we, we've enjoyed it. Uh, it's not Eric, Eric and I aren't feuding and fighting and saying, Oh, we just gotta get through one more show and then we're all done with working with each other. That's not it. It's just, the, just the t amount of time that we're having to put into this at this point and, uh, other circumstances that we're, we're not going to be able to continue at this point. Um, but if there comes a time where we are able to, to do this, we will most certainly let you know. And as, as far as I know, Eric, this show will, uh, these 13 episodes will still be available um, at those various places so people can still listen. And if they do send in questions, um, we'll keep the email address open and I'll do my best to respond to those uh, via email. So That's uh, awesome. Wanna... And I want you guys to know that I did tell Tim, if we get a $10 million donation, 
I'm calling him and telling him, we got to start the show back up. That's just <laughs> obviously a sign from God, okay? Yeah, I, I think you probably would be willing to do it for like $9.8 million. Is that true? <laughs> you know, we, could, we can negotiate that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so no. we've I've had a lot of fun, Erica. It's been great um, doing this with you. Um, it's something that I hope at, at some point we're able to 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 do something like this. I mean, it's been fun, but it has been a lot of work as well, and and taking me away from some other things that I need to be working on. And um, so that's kind of a a hard decision, but it's one that we we had to make. Yeah. Well, I sure love the way you, uh, I, one of the things, and you'll learn this and you can keep following Tim at his website and things like that. I love learning from Tim because, Tim, you do such a great job of going through, here's all the different possible responses, here's the different views, and here's the one I hold and here's why I hold it, and here's why they hold theirs. And to me, that's a real education. I've always really, really enjoyed that. So. Thank you for uh, just the spirit that you give answers with. I just that's something I've certainly learned from, uh, and I'll I'll keep calling you on the phone, buddy, and, and asking you more <laughs> questions. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that, and I, I I know there's some people who don't like to answer questions that way. They maybe it's because they're not real familiar with the other side, and, and I'm not saying I'm an expert in every single topic. There's some things I don't understand well enough uh, from you know what other people how other people view things. But I think what happens so often Christians, uh, because you were talking about Eric earlier, how we are limited in our time and the amount of time we have to study things. Um, so a lot of us live in little echo chambers. Like yeah. the only books we read are the people that we agree with. The only people we listen to on our podcast or on our um, you know sermons are the people we agree with. And, and we don't stretch ourselves. We don't listen to those who, you know, we've heard are, um, oh, that person doesn't have sound theology or that person is a false teacher because of this one thing. And I'm not saying rush right out there and listen to it, but we should be familiar with the other views and why they hold those views. Uh, that was one of the things, um, I think that was one of the greatest benefits for me going through seminary is it, it forced me to get out of that echo chamber and read books I never wanted to read before that. And at least, even if you don't come away changing your view, which oftentimes didn't happen, you have a, a newfound respect for people who have differing views because you understand a lot of times why they have those views of how they're looking at scripture and why they interpret the way that they do. And so when I try to teach, I try to be as fair as I can and, and lay those points out. And I want people to make informed decisions. I don't want them to just think like I do. I want them to think through the issues and for them to, uh, to reach a conclusion. I think that's, that's really important to do. Um, so I, I, I try to do that. Hopefully I've been fair to to other positions as we've done this. And um, I, I guess I'll leave it at that. So thanks for, for that comment. Yeah. Hey, let me uh, let me do one more thing. Uh, thank you guys for those of you who have listened and enjoyed this and, and want to and share put this up with, with us. others. Say that again. <laughs> and put up with put, us. That's a good point, Tim. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, Mom. Uh, <laughs> The uh, oh, and poor Leo, he's got he's got to binge a whole bunch I more. I know. What's he gonna do now, man? He just he just texted me the other day and said, "Man, I listen to your shows as soon as they come out." And uh, another guy said, "Man, guys, thanks for the great podcast." Then he said, "Keep up the fantastic work." And I didn't have the heart to email him back. And I was like, "Well, he'll find out in the podcast." Um, yeah. Hey Tim, uh, what would be some final parting words? Uh, keep it brief, but what are some parting words uh, to those? I mean, obviously they can still follow us at, with what we do and other things and on our social media, but uh, give some kind of parting words on uh, right now on this to, to our listeners. And then I want to share something and 
we'll say goodbye just for a little while. All right. So was it Bill and Ted that said, be excellent to each other? Yes. And, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't my parting words. <laughs> Sorry. I can't kind of resist. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, it tells you when I grew up. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't really grow up. If you grew um, up, that's correct. <laughs> but... Um, I think go back to what I said in response to uh, one of the early questions. I think it was the first question. How do you to spend time daily yeah. in God's word and uh, spend time in prayer um, and, you know, practice what, you know, live out what God has told us to do, to love the Lord with all your, your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. I think that's something that, that, that many people in the church have really uh, fallen short on. We are, uh, especially among a lot of conservatives, we're, we're so quick to condemn others who disagree with us, and I think we need to be, uh, yes, we need to point out false teaching, but we also need to do it with, with grace and uh, we, with um, the goal of correction and uh, instruction rather than condemnation. So, um, yeah, learn to, to love neighbors as you, as you love yourself yeah. already. And... Um, treat them with the kind of grace and mercy that God has shown you. You know, I think for me, it would be very similar. We recently had come to Pensacola, a mobile Bible museum. So it was a semi-truck and they had artifacts and things like that in there. And it was really amazing. Uh, if you've ever been to uh, the Holy Land experience and gone through the, the Bible uh, exhibit there to see how God has preserved his word and what you and I have access to right now for free if you want it. It's, it's online. You got to pay for the electricity, I guess, but it's online. It's, you can get free copies. People hand out free Bibles all the time. What you and I have access to is amazing. And I go, I wonder, I, I, almost, I don't know if this would be accurate or not. I'll say it and then Tim, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I will. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> with grace. Um, yeah, well, that's right. With grace. I, I wonder if there's ever been a time in the history of the world where something so valuable has been viewed as so valueless and something that used to be rare and precious and cost, you know, the, the price of a castle to obtain and now you can get for free is so not respected. And I'd say, man, I, not just from the unbelieving world, I'm talking from the Christian world, from those who are claiming the name of Christ and yet we're not reading what he is so, what he took, I say what he took, what was so painstaking to preserve. It wasn't painstaking for him, but what many people went through a lot of suffering to preserve for yeah. us. And I go, wow, uh, are, we, are we digging into this? Are we really, are we making this, you know, um, a part of our life? Are we really digging in? So uh, just yeah, an think... encouragement to, to study the word of God and to share your faith. This says, be ready always to give an answer. This says, go out and be disciples. Go, go and share the good news. Be evangelists. Every single one of us have the, the, the commission to go out and spread the good news. And that's, that's what we're all supposed to be about. So if you haven't done that recently, do it today. If it's too late at night, do it tomorrow. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with one person every single day. Yeah, I think if there was another time in history, you asked about that, I, you probably have to go all the way back to Adam and Eve, who yeah. threw away something so valuable for something so mm. worthless, something that they 
should have known that they were told that that this was not worthwhile and yet yeah. they still did it hey one more thing uh, yeah. Eric, i'm pretty excited about this i haven't really promoted my own stuff on the show um uh, something that we had talked about doing some commercial we did talk a little bit about something but i think a lot of people who listen know that i've written a lot of books and um got well over a dozen of them now that i've done some fiction some non-fiction but um i've got a, a, an exciting announcement something i'm very proud of and that is my wife has actually just published her first book. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold this up Woo! and see what this is. This is called 30 Days to Understanding Autism. Mm. And it is her first book. It is a like a, a user-friendly guide to understanding certain um, aspects, certain characteristics, certain traits that are uh, common among those on the uh, aut- autism spectrum. And it's a great tool for uh, maybe parents who have a, a kid that's been diagnosed that way. You know, you don't have a lot of time to read because you, it, it takes a lot of your time to uh, to care for that child. But a lot of times in those situations, grandparents don't understand. Uh, aunts and uncles don't understand. This is meant to be a quick guide you can give them. They can read it all in one sitting. Uh, it's, it's only about 100 pages. Um, or they can take 30 days. Each of them, it's almost sort of like a devotional the way it's laid out like two or three pages per chapter talking about a different trait or characteristic and uh, there's also a lot of illustrations um so if you've got any loved ones who are on the spectrum and i think a lot of people do uh something i would highly recommend um it's a little bit of a turn from what we normally do when we're talking about the bible but this is something about how we can care for others and it's not intended to be a distinctly uh christian book like it's not um, it's not a, a talking about the Bible and, and the gospel all the time. It's something that is just meant to be a, a guide that, that will get out there, that people will understand this issue, uh, that there's so, there's so much confusion about and so much misunderstanding. So I'm very proud of her, and she's done a great job with it. Well, that's really cool. Casey, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. If she watches the show, she could even, you know, Pat herself on the back and say, good job, Casey. That's right. That's why I have to say nice things about her because she does listen. (laughs) I I would say them anyways. (laughs) Tim, this has been a real privilege, man. Thank you very much. And for all of you who enjoyed at least one or some of season number one, thank you. We hope it's an inspiration to you to go out and live your faith. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. We have really enjoyed it. We really appreciate it. We covet your prayers. How's that, Eric? (laughs) Yeah, we covet your prayers. I like it. Um, Great way to go out. Yeah. Uh, So God bless you. Thanks for listening. And um, again, if there are some questions that come in on the email, uh, I'll do my best to get to them in a timely manner. So uh, thanks a lot for for your time, for listening. You've been listening to the Bible Q&A podcast. If you have a question you would like Tim and Eric to address on the program, please send an email to bqa at creationtoday.org. The views expressed on the Bible Q&A podcast do not necessarily represent those of other ministries with which Tim and Eric are affiliated. Thank you for listening.